Acts chapter 3, familiar passage. I used to preach this a lot. Um, I want to start from verse 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 3. I want to deal with uh, verses uh, 6 and 7 today. Look what it says. It says, and when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention expecting to receive something from them. You get the picture? He was a beggar looking to receive something from them. Look at verse 6. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk and seizing him by the right hand he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened amen I want to talk about this morning I want to say to the men today this is all I got. Amen. Are you ready for change? This is all I got. I was evaluating my pastoral journey recently while I was out running. And I started to think about Church life, church as a whole, what I've done in the last 15 years, how far I've come, looking at the lives of the people that I pastor and teach and counsel, and I was thinking about all of this. I've had an opportunity if you would, to do a reflection. As I was reading this passage, this one phrase came up to me. This is all I got. I've had over in the 15 years of pastoring this church, people come for all kinds of reasons. I've had people come to church because they're going through tough things in life. Expecting to get answers. Expecting to find the cure. And as I evaluated my 15 years, I realized going through all of the different changes as a pastor, style of preaching, uh, 
trying different forms and different formulas and different you know, things to try to appeal to people. I realized that all I really have is one thing. And if as believers and as men you come to church for any other reason, you will never find true happiness. Many people want a better life. Easier circumstances, right? Peace, joy, family, career, amen. Most men struggle with their faith. Am I right about it? Now, if I'm wrong, you tell me. But most men struggle with their faith. Most men come to church for different reasons. The question I have for you today, brothers, why did you come? Somebody invited me. It's the right thing to do. I feel a connection. I want things to turn in my life. But the question is, as a pastor today, I want to break the silence. I want to deal with the elephant in the room. Amen. But I also want to encourage you men, to empower you men, to impact you men. That's why it's called Impact Men Weekend or Impact Conference because I believe that the only thing I have is the only thing that you will ever need to change any situation in your life. You may try positive thinking. You may try, you know, uh, all these different formulas, but there's only one thing that can truly change your heart. One thing. So today I want to talk about what I have to offer you. We find here in the book of Acts, chapter 1, the day of Pentecost. The disciples now are empowered to go out by the Holy Spirit to preach Jesus Christ. When I look at what the disciples had, they were healing, they were doing miracles, but the main thing that they were doing they were preaching Jesus. Tell your neighbor, this is all I got. You see, I think about these disciples and, 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 and we find that they're out here doing the will of God, you know, working for God. Men, 12 men that took a message, a message, a one dimensional message with many, many, many sides to it also and changed the world. Are you with me? You say, we find in our message today 
that Peter and John is going up to the temple. Now, remember this. Jesus came to do away with the law. But yet, they had not been delivered from being religious. Now, you follow me? Now, I'm going to show you some observations here, okay? You got to stay with me. Don't, 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 don't let me lose you just about that quick. Come on, y'all. Y'all can stay with me. This is like coffee. Hold on. Watch this. Watch this. It's dark, but it's good. Watch this. You ready? Watch this. Watch this. It's good. Watch this. Check this out. They're going up to the temple, but Jesus already had, had, had risen. Now watch this. They're going up at a time of prayer. And the Bible says that Peter and John were going up, up to the temple. See that? At the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb. Here we find a man. How many crippled men do I have in here today? How many men do I have today? You've been hanging around the church, but nothing is changing in your life. This man, this man is about 60 years old. He has been lame from his mother's womb and all of his adult life he has sat in church at the gate called beautiful. He's in the right place, watch this, to get a miracle. But he's asking and expecting the wrong thing. He's expecting silver and gold. Amen. And the people who were religious people. This is the thing about church, man. Here's the thing, y'all. We can say all the right things but not live it. And be the same people that we were when we came in. Than when we leave. Are you following me? For 60 years. This man had been lame. How long you been lame, brothers? How long you been crippled? How long you been broken? How long have you lived at the gate and not come into the house? Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Text says he used to sit down when? Look at verse 2. Watch your Bible. He used to sit down when? Your, your ESV said daily. New American Standard said every day. He was habitually at the church. How long you been coming to church? I'm just asking. How long you next next year, Pat? I'm gonna get it next week, Pat. I'm gonna get it next month, Pastor. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get. It. And you've been saying the same thing over and over and over again. Every day he's at the church. But ain't nothing changing about him. Is it the church or is it him? Tell your neighbor, this is all I got. That's all I got. Watch this. Watch this. Watch the text here. Text said they would. They used to drop him off, y'all. They used to. <laughs> they would pack his lunch. <laughs> now, now, my, now, 
you, right? Watch this. I can imagine his mama saying this. Boy, you got to fend for yourself. I'm tired of you leeching over here. You got to go out and get you a job. So here's what we're going to use. We're going to use your limp or your, not your limp. We're going to use your disability, your lameness. Amen. As a, as, watch this. As a source of income. How many of you are using your disabilities now for pity? Come on, somebody. And for profit. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm talking to the men now. Amen. Watch this. They, they, watch it. His, his mama said, you got you to pay your way now. You, you got to pay your way. So guess what? You're going to go up to that church, uh-huh, and you're going to put you right there at the gate. You ain't got to go in because you can't move. And we're going to leave you there, and guess what? We're going to pick you back up in the evening. How many times I've seen women drop men to church? Mm-hmm. How many times I've seen women lead their men to church and leave them in the parking lot and they're inside the church? I've seen that happen. Come on, say amen. I ain't trying to beat you up. I'm trying to hope you. Amen. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you, you can't live outside the church. Watch this. And try to change. You can't make it up to the door and never change. At some point, you got to come on in. And you got to find out what's really happening here at the Vision Church because this is all I got. Are you with me? The Bible says, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. You know what he was doing? He was playing on their religious side. Amen. He was, he, listen, he was, he, was, he was trying to get a donation. <laughs> he wasn't interested in what was going on in the temple. Like most men, you see. We're not interested in what's going on in the church. That's for you, baby. You going down there and see what they talking about. Some reason, I don't know why men think coming to churches makes you weak. What's the problem? You can't handle a strong personality? What's the problem? What is your problem? I'm talking about in, in essence of saying, why can't Jesus do you right like he do your wife? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. But look, he's here. And look what the text says in verse 3. And see, and, and when he saw Peter and John, he said, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a shark. He was like a shark, you understand? He knew who to point out. Watch this. You can spot a John from, I'm sorry, you can spot a, um, <laughs> did I say John? I'm sorry. <laughs> he had become so good at, you know, he know who's going to give him money. He knew, he knew how to pray on the weak. Just like Satan. Satan knows how to pray on the weak. But men, watch this. He said, and he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, and he began to what? Asking to receive alms. But look at this. Verse 4. He says, Peter along with John fixed his gaze on him. And he says what? Why did he say look at us? Because when they would beg in that culture, they would do like this. Listen, when a dog does wrong, watch this. They put their head down. 
When a snake does wrong, he looks you in the eye. That's something you got to catch. Okay? For he, this man did not feel worthy. For we have men who've had their heads down for so long. We've had men who've been around the church and their head is hung low. Why? Because they've been beaten up by life. Not just their wife. <laughs> I'm going in today. I'm going in today. Watch this. They've been beaten down. Watch this. They're at work, they get beat down. They're in the world, they get beat down. Come on, somebody. They're, they're, they're trying to do something, and, and watch this, and they just keep getting pulled down. And when they come to the church, it ain't no different. Man, I want to tell you something. It's time for you to look. Look at me. Look at me. Don't just observe me. Look at me. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And what you're going to realize about me is that I love you. That's for real. And I mean you good. Do I have anybody? I'm going to say it one more time. I posted something on Facebook the other day. I would rather you hate me for telling you the truth then hate yourself for not knowing the truth. Are you following? That's an original quote. Put that somewhere in your, in your, in your notes. Amen. Put it on your, on your window or something. Amen. And remind yourself that truth is what you need. Can't keep living a lie. But you need someone to say, look at me. He said, look at us. And look at verse 5. And he began to give them his attention. See that? But his attention and his expectation was two different things. See, a lot of times people come to church, they give their attention, but they're expecting. Tell your neighbor, this is all I got. Let me ask you something. What did you come here for today? What's your expectation today? Feel good? Feel better about what you, because you know you ain't been doing right. Uh-oh, uh-oh, now, uh, oops, I hit it right there. Let me press on that thing real quick. <laughs> You're talking about everybody else, but you ain't doing right. All right. Look what he said. He says he's expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting to receive? He wanted Doremi. He wanted that money. He wanted that cake. He wanted that. He wanted his bag to be filled. You understand what I'm saying? He wanted that money. He didn't want anything. So, so here's how I equate this, right? Most men come to church expecting material things. Amen. Go on, say amen. That means you agree. They're not, they don't want Jesus. They don't want to do right. They, you know, you know I, well, not all men, but I get it. But I'm just saying, right, why there's so many single women with no godly men? 
Man, it got quiet up in here. Boy, what happened? The world happened. So, so let's look at it. Let's look, let, 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 me, let me show you something. So, so, so the first thing is, let me tell you, first point is this. This is not like a prescription point. First, give me first. Let me tell you what I do have. I've held you there too long. Look what he says. Peter said, verse 6, right? All right? Peter said, I do not possess what? So, brothers, let me tell you what I don't have first. Number one, I don't have a prosperity gospel. Write it down, write it down, write it down. I don't have an emotional gospel. Wrong place. I don't have a mystical gospel. I don't have an intellectual gospel. Amen. I cannot promise you that your life is going to be better tomorrow. So I ain't got no positivity for you. Amen? Because for the last 15 years, I've had men come and go, but I refuse to compromise for an emotional gospel, for a prosperity gospel, for a mystical gospel. Amen? For a message that will leave you the same when you leave. Are you with me? Men, if you only knew my heart, and my heart is, I will not compromise the truth. I will tell you the truth. I ain't got silver and gold. I can't promise you something that I can't live. Come on, help me somebody. I got the same struggles. And some of you, we talk all the time. We got the same struggles, don't we? Come on. I need some amen from the brothers who I be talking to all the time. Come on. I should be hearing something over on this side somewhere over here. Amen. Same struggles. I go through the same struggles, but I use this. Money cannot buy me a better life. Money cannot bring me security. I have strength because I love the Lord. That's what I don't have that. I don't have that. And here's the thing, gentlemen. Here's what I want to say. If that's what you came here for, I'm sorry, I don't have that. So as a man, you got to ask yourself a question. What do you really want? What are you after? What are you looking for? Let's go on and see what he says next. Whew. He says, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have so my next point is, let me tell you what I do have. <laughs> what, what, what I do have, and here's, and here's what I want to say to you brothers. I want to give it all to you. I ain't holding back. You know, I don't mind talking sports. I don't mind chit-chatting. I don't mind doing all that. But gentlemen, my main motive is to give you the word of God. The only thing that God gave me to give to you is the message of Jesus Christ. That's all I have. What I have, brothers, is Jesus. Who is he? He is God. What I have, brothers, for you is not a pie in the sky. 
Not false hope. I have Jesus Christ. I have the lily in the valley. I have the bright and morning star. I have one who found me some 20 years ago and changed my life. I wrestle with this all the time. I say, God, why is it when I give you, they don't want you? They want something else. There's got to be. Because I don't understand why people are drawn to all kinds of other things other than Jesus. Listen, he didn't give me the healing gift. He didn't give me the prosperity gift. He didn't give me the miracle gift. God gave me Jesus. Some thought I had him or had all of that until they got close to me and realized all I had was Jesus. I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, can I tell you something? When you have Jesus, you have everything. Men, I want to tell you something. Jesus ain't no punk. Amen. He ain't no sissy. He ain't no somebody you run to just when you're in trouble. Jesus will walk with you. He'll talk with you. He'll change your life. I was a wretch undone, and when I accepted Jesus, may I ask you something, men? What do you want? And if you want Jesus, you can have him. You can change your life. Your life can change because you have developed a relationship with Jesus. How do you do that, pastor? You open your mouth and you ask him, God, I want a relationship with you. God, I want you to walk with me. There's a song that says, he walks with me. He, he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. Come on, somebody. And I want to tell somebody here today, you've been after the wrong thing. You've been hitting the wrong target. You need Jesus. What do we need in our marriage? Jesus. What do we need with our kids? Jesus. He's the answer. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning of the end. Come on, somebody. He's everything you'll ever need in life, in this life, because the Bible says this, that his name is powerful and that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. See, what we have done is we have contemporized church and we have changed the message to be all about this positivity thing and there's nothing wrong with positivity but if it's by itself without Jesus you have problems could it be you don't really know Jesus like you think you know him and I want to tell somebody something today the only thing I have to offer you is Jesus that's it and that's all I can give you and that's all I will ever give you is Jesus. So may, you know what? I may not get the big church. I may not get more members. I may, I may not get all of that in this lifetime. But I'd rather live like that giving you the right thing than compromise your soul going to hell. So I give you Jesus. That's all I got. And that's all I'll ever give you. And that's all I want to give you. The message of the cross and it's, it, it's not just for Easter. And when you leave here today, you go in your car, you go out with your wife, and you talk about Jesus. Baby, we need to start calling on the name of Jesus. 
Baby, we need to get our kids together and we need to say, do you know Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. Demons get to moving. The devil hates his name because he put the devil to shame on Calvary. Jesus is what you need, man. You don't need more money when you have Jesus. And when you have Jesus, you have everything you ever needed. And so he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, what? Walk. Let me tell you what you should do with what I have. My next point. You ready? Walk. Walk in that name, man. Get up off your pallets. Stop hanging around the church and get involved in the church. Stop hanging at the door in the parking lot. Stop working all these hours. To avoid church. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to say amen to that myself. Amen. Y'all don't want to say amen. Watch this. Watch this. Stop working on. Stop giving all those excuses. What I'm saying to you, here's what you got to do when you get Jesus. You got to walk. As a matter of fact, now you can, watch this. First thing, you got to confess his name. You got to call on his name. You have to surrender to his name. But most of all, you got to believe in his name. That's what you got to do. He says, in the name, I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I have Jesus of Nazareth. And in that name, walk. When you get saved, it doesn't stop you. It doesn't stop. When you, when you really accept Jesus, it doesn't stop. It's like fire shut up in your bones. You know when you have Jesus. Come on, anybody here know you got Jesus? Come on, somebody. Listen, you can call on his name and you know it's him. You know it's nobody but him. But some of you men are doubting that you know him. Let me ask you something. Are you yearning for him? And I'm not, I'm talking about for him. Do you have this burning desire to know more about him? He says, in that name, walk. Man, you got to stand up and walk. You've been paralyzed too long. The world has beaten you up. Come on, somebody. Life has dealt you some things, but you got to get up. You got to stop using those excuses that you keep using. You got to stop ignoring what God has been trying to get you to see. Watch this. You can't even sleep at night because there's something going on in your heart that's not right, and Jesus is trying to correct it. He will never leave you the same. When he saves you, he will transform you. A lot of people think that when after you get saved, everything gets better. It gets worse. Let me just tell you that. It gets what? It gets worse. You know why? Because now God is cleaning up the junk. You, you're no longer living a lie anymore. See what I'm saying? Before you used to lie to yourself, I'm good, but you're not. I'm hungover, but I'm not. I'm high, but I'm not. 
<laughs> I want to take my life because I'm tired of living this way. Why? And watch this. And you keep living like that. And Jesus keeps saying, man, listen, you need me. Come unto me. All who are weary and heavy laden. And let me tell you something, brothers. You can drink your problems away too. Try it. Still there, huh? How far did it go? <laughs> it didn't go far. You can smoke it out. It ain't going nowhere. You wake up the next day, you still feel like a wretch undone. You're still paralyzed. You're still broken. You feel the same way because you're running to the wrong source. This is all I got. Jesus. He says in verse 7, and I'm done. And seizing him. That's what you really need. You need a hand. Take my hand. A lot of brothers too prideful to take the hand of the preacher. But they'll go to the ones who are offering them all kinds of pipe dreams. Why do you think young brothers ain't in church today? Because those hustlers in the pulpit. And for some reason, you're drawn to a hustler. But when you got the real thing. I ain't pumping myself up, but I'm just telling you something. I'm trying to tell you something. I keep it real. Because I lived a fraudulent life for so long that I recognize a fraud. I know a fraud from a mile away. I can smell them. Even their scent. But when Jesus saved me, he made me real. So you know what I had to do? I had to accept my flaws. Admit that I was the problem. Come on now. We blaming everybody else. But the day I took the preacher's hands, see, the devil's going to offer you something too. Watch this. He says, and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up. And immediately, see, how many of you men today want an immediate change? I'm talking about right now. An immediate change. I'm not talking about stuff. Well, you know, God going to do it in two weeks if you send 1999. The next 10 people that send 1999, God's going to do it in three weeks. No, he can do it now. Mm -hmm. Immediately. But do you want what I have to offer? So lastly, let me ask you, this. This is the last question. <laughs> Do you want what I have? Peter, only by the authority of that name, performed that miracle. Over the years, I've helped many men to rise by that same name. I have some here today that I'm looking at you. I remember where I found you. 
Amen. I remember where I found you. I remember Bruce coming to my office. Remember that, Bruce? I remember Arthur Hurd in the Fiesta parking lot. I remember Benny at the car wash. I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. See, 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 and all I did, I didn't offer them anything but what? Jesus. I didn't give you a hand out. I gave you a hand up. Oh, I, I know where I found you, John. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Why are you around the church and not involved in the church and yet you've been hanging around the church all these years? Your wife is not stronger because of you? Your children are not stronger because of you? Your family is not strong because you've been hanging around here, but have you been missing the message? He seized them by the right hand and raised them up. I want to raise some of you men up. I want to raise some of you men to your feet and give you strength in your angles because ankles. You know why? Because you're tough, but you're crippled. And your wife know it all so well. She know the truth about you. And today, God wants you to walk. When you take the preacher's hands, in the name of Jesus, you will rise from darkness. You will rise from despair. You will rise from depression. You will rise from depravity and death if you take the preacher's hands. I know we're in a pandemic, but you can take it virtually. You could take it now. The hand that you hold, the hand that you hold on to is critical to your deliverance. Think about that. But when the Lord gets a hold of you, though, he can take a crooked stick and make it straight. He can take a broken life and put it together again. Don't let go, man. You know why? Because this is all I got. So you can keep coming week after week, month after month, and I'm going to give you the very same thing. What is that? Jesus. Have you ever expected or ordered something online? <laughs> and then when it showed up, you were anxious. I remember ordering some shirts from China. I should have told you. I ordered three beautiful shirts, and I waited three months for them. I was anxious. Every day I was on the site, just on AliExpress. I was, I was looking. I was like, man, yes, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Finally, the day came. And I go to the mailbox. 
And I got it out. I was happy. I was just like, yeah, I got my shirt. Ripped it open. I didn't even use it. I just ripped it open. And I pulled the shirt out. The shirt bar was this big. <laughs> and it said extra large. True story. I was disappointed, man. I was so disappointed. I, 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 I almost cussed that day. I even tried it on. It got through one arm. <laughs> it got through one arm. I'm like, dang, if I go any further, this thing going to rip. I said, these Chinese people, Chinese people, China, yeah, China, China people. You know, I'm going on. My expectation, my anticipation, but I got the wrong thing. And a lot of times we come to church like that. We're coming with an expectation for something, watch this, that's not there. And so I encourage you men this year to take my hands and walk. Stop letting the devil destroy your family. Stop letting the devil tear apart your home. Stop letting the devil tear apart your children. Listen, walk, men. Walk for Jesus. I promise you, in the end, You will rise. The greatest decision I ever made in my life, the greatest. I've made some dumb decisions throughout my life. Anybody? Stuff that you're living with right now that affected you way back then. But every time I come around this time of the year, I remember. November 11th, preacher said to me, you've tried everything. Why not try Jesus? What do you have to lose? I'm like, that makes sense. He said, but you can't just try him like a, like a test drive. I got the contract, and you got to commit so therefore, your decision to follow Jesus is not an emotional one. It's one that's based on a commitment. So today, man, I got a question for you. Those of you in this room today, have you really made a commitment to Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Have you taken the hands of the preacher? and the hands of Jesus.